It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. You're listening to Voices of Harvest, a podcast bonus series from Casually Baked, celebrating the craft of cannabis farming and the art of storytelling. Get into the spirit of the season by sharing your favorite harvest memory. Record a voice memo and email it to ask at casuallybaked.com. In the meantime... Enjoy this tale of harvest. So are y'all on a pretty big road trip right now? Yeah, we're on a road trip because one of the things we do is we like to go to the dispensaries where we have an account and do an in-store meet and greet. Yeah, totally. And therefore we meet some of the local people, but also we meet the bud tenders and the owners and so on. And it's really nice to talk to the bud tenders and, you know, tell them what's special about our product and how we grow and so on. And just, you know, be on a first name basis with them because in the end, actually, it's the bud tenders who sell your product. Absolutely. And so, you know, and so we bring it in some cases, we bring them up to our ranch and show them how the plants are growing and so on. And uh, yeah, just have a day at the ranch. It's really nice. You know, well, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. This Voices of Harvest, it's so important for people to get a feel for what harvest really is like yeah. and what these farmers go through. Yeah. And, well, and, it's a very special time of year. Now, in the old, old days, it used to be the level of paranoia would just go way, way up at this time of year. And for two reasons. One, of course, the sheriff or whatever was always uh, looking out and uh, uh, camp, camp it was. But uh, in addition... <laughs> There were also marijuana rustlers in those days who would yeah. come in and just clip the tops off your pants, I mean, your plant, not your pants, <laughs> your plants. I mean, in the end, it really is. They took your pants. Right, that's true. <laughs> and so, you know, and so you, they wouldn't take the whole plant necessarily, but just take the top best ones, right? So that's, that's not happening so much anymore. And now it's just the anticipation is the crop as good as it's going to be. And then there's always the tension about what is the actual best, best, best moment to pick the plants, right? Yeah. And every grower has their own special way, their technique and so on about how to do it. And uh, over the years, I've kind of developed my own way of doing it, which is basically 
See, all year long, you really have to pay attention to the plant, right? Yeah. And you can talk to the plant, but it's, it's just as important maybe more to listen to the plant. Because yeah. if you listen, she'll, she'll give you information, right? And as you're doing that, then you get more and more in tune with the plant, especially if you start it from seed. Then yeah. you're really connected, yes. right? So when it's time for harvest, what I do... You still going? Oh, let's get rid of at, at harvest time, what I do... I know they're about ready. And say I got 100 plants, I really don't care which one comes in tomorrow or which five. So I go up and I talk to each plant and I say to the plant and I say, I, I sort of very gently touch it and I say, are you ready to come in tomorrow? Right? Yeah. And then I say, do you want to come in tomorrow? Right? And I'm really talking to her, right? And then I say a final thing. I say, should I leave you for another few days? So if I ask the first question, are you ready to come in, and I get a strong signal, that's a yes. Here, put that close. And then I give another one, and I say, do you, are you ready to come in? Do you want to come in? Again, another strong signal, yes. And I say, if I leave you another few days and I get a weak signal, that means that one's coming in tomorrow. Okay. And I go around to every single plant, and I ask it every day, do you want to come in tomorrow morning? And, and when the, this plant is speaking to you, where yeah. do you feel that? Well, I feel it. See, it's like what they call muscle testing or kinesiology. Uh -huh. if, uh, if I pull and, and it's so strong I can't break the connection, that's a yes. And if I try and Here, hold it, the mic if I yeah. try and hold it as hard as I can and I just can't hold it, I'm really stressing as hard as I can, but the negative won't let me hold it. It's really amazing. Okay. And so the plant really communicates with my kind of inner physical self yes yes and i have had that done at um at an acupuncturist acupuncturists and chiropractors yes. do it right and they use it as a diagnosis right yeah. and i had several chiropractors who kind of taught and, and acupuncturists who taught me how to do it so i just figured we have this symbiotic relation with cannabis yeah so so deep that we have it in our sides ourselves you know i eat hemp seeds and so on we're just totally mm -hmm. involved and so if i just say okay i'm empty yeah. Tell me. Yes. Then the plant will really speak. Ah, Swami, <laughs> I always love seeing you. You tell such good stories. Yeah, yeah. So What's then when we harvest, what we do is we harvest in the dark. Okay. We get everybody up at like 5 o'clock, and that's not always such an easy thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so we get up at 5 o'clock. Everyone puts on their headlamp, and uh, then we go out in the garden, and we already know which ones we're going to take, mm -hmm. right? And so when we do that, then we just cut those plants down, take them in and hang them up and then we just hang them up outside outside the barn and then after they're all hung up and everything's okay then we go have pancakes for breakfast yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one of my favorite things I make everybody pancakes and of course if they don't want pancakes I'll make them an omelet too but <laughs> you're a good man <laughs> and then after that then we go out and then we take the plants and we we may, we put them in the barn we hang them up in the barn mm -hmm. and then they'll sit there for a couple of weeks until they're dry so yeah anyway so that's the thing and we'll do like a batch we'll do three days in a row and we'll and we'll harvest and then the barn will be full and then then we have to wait another say 10 days to two weeks to take everything down then we do another harvest yeah so we spread them out that now way. one of the things that i appreciated talking with you about before was this idea that you know that cannabis can age and refine just like wine can yeah. so when you are when you're saving and you're a bunch of extra cannabis like what is the story storage mechanism that you use to keep it yeah well uh, we call it we think there's three phases there's a drying 
and then there's the curing, and then finally there's the aging. Mm -hmm. And aging is the process that happens once it's in. We always put them in jars, right, okay. at that point. And when it's in the jar, then the aging goes on like the aging for wine. And it's even like tobacco, too, you know, that uh, from tobacco, when they harvest tobacco, it's three years from the time they harvest until the time they actually make a cigarette because they dry it and they cure it and they age it and they ferment it and they toast it and they do all these things. So we really feel that, you know, that, that cannabis is really starts to be at its best at about, at about six months after harvest. And then it's, it's good for uh, probably at least another year and a half if you store it properly. And one of the things about our Swami Select is that we, we use these very special jars that come from Holland and they're called Miron glass. And I think you've seen them. They're kind of ultraviolet purple when you look through them. So what that does is it helps age and preserve the plant because the ultraviolet light doesn't allow any bacteria to form, right? Yeah. And so in the jar, the cannabis is actually getting better. All right. And, and if I can talk a little more about yeah, it. Totally. The other thing that happens when you have aging cannabis is that several things happen that we know about. There are probably other things we don't know about. But number one, the uh, terpenes, which are on the living plant, they're what are known as monoterpenes. They're much simpler molecular structure. But when they get harvested over time, they turn into sometimes what are known as sesquiterpenes or six terpenes or polyterpenes. And so uh, something that starts out as one then becomes many. And so it's also going to have a different medical effect or, or psychological effect. And it probably is even going to smell different. All right. Yeah. So that's when you have the, the terpenes age and they change, right? And then the other thing that happens is they say that CBN increases. Mm -hmm. And CBN is supposedly yeah. one of those sedative relaxing kind of things, yes. right? And then the final thing that we know about so far is that chlorophyll changes, right? Chlorophyll mm -hmm. breaks down and, and gets oxidizes and so on, so it's not quite the same thing. Well, and is chlorophyll the part that makes that bitter taste of like out of well actually the bitter taste it would be hard to say but i would say in many cases the bitter taste can well be from the fact that they didn't flush out the nitrogen or phosphorus which are okay. nutrients and they tried to put feed the nutrients too late in the cycle Okay. But see, we, we use only compost teas, so uh, all our amendments are put in the beginning of the season, and during the season we use compost teas, so you really don't need to flush it out. What are those effects that the chlorophyll has? Well, I'm not really sure what the chlor. It might be that cellulose, uh, that kind of uh, leafy, grassy taste flavor, yeah. right? Uh, but once the chlorophyll changes, then it doesn't do what they, it doesn't fluoresce. So that's how, uh, I was just talking to some people who are growing Panama Red, and if you ever had any Panama Red, it was really dark red. It was almost this, this color red, right? Uh -huh. But that was part of its aging process, right? Because in the old days, we never got green flower. Because yeah. by the time it got here from Thailand or Mexico or Colombia or something like that, it was already six or seven months old. There, I have a grower friend in Canada who was doing some experimentation of letting the flower cure in the sun and like ah. letting all of that chlorophyll go. Ah, and yeah. so it looked like this uh -huh. hayish color. Uh, I, I, yeah, it, I wonder how it turned out. I would be really reluctant because putting it in the sun does so many other things. I, I don't know his exact process, yeah, no, but yeah. when I was, from it, it, had a, it had a nice um, texture. It kind of almost 
the texture almost seemed like tobacco that you would smoke out of a pipe. Oh, ah, okay. And I, I see. actually thought that that might be a great way to get that market to interact with cannabis because it right. seemed like that would be a great pipe well, to smoke it out of. Well, people are actually smoking a lot of blunts now with tobacco wrappers and so mm -hmm. on. So, uh, oh, well, yeah, but yeah, that's a different kind us of thing. Rats <laughs> have been doing that for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> but, right. But it seems like a, a more connoisseur-ish way to consume, which, right. you know, there's that other market that just needs an excuse to feel good about smoking. You right, know? that's true, that's true. Well, we, we do always hope to appeal to the, the top-end market that wants the finest flour. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's going to be concerning people more and more as they realize is purity, I think, is really going to be an issue for a lot of people, right? Now we know with vape pens that's a really crucial issue. But with flowers also, you know, you want to know that there's no pesticides and no pathogens on there and so on. So yeah. that's why, you know, the, the testing is a very, very good thing for protecting the consumer, right? Absolutely. And, you know, so that's why we, you know, we use only the purest ingredients and we're totally organic and we're certified that way, even though we can't use that word. <laughs> right. right. We have a program called Clean Green. <laughs> we're part of the Clean Green Certified Program. And <clears throat> the guy who founded that, Chris Van Hook, he actually... Uh, works for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and he actually is an attorney for them. So his program is equally, if not stricter, than the U.S. Department of Agriculture. So when we get his certification, then we know, and we've been since 2011. Yeah. And so that's going to tell the consumer, hey, you know, you can depend on this. That's right. That tells right? a really this good is story. Pure. Yeah, and I think you're being, I think yeah, you're I being go called now. somewhere else. <laughs> yes, okay. you got to go. But thank you. It's thank always you so a pleasure much. to see you. Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find All That I'm Asking on his album, Sky Still Blue, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate, and I'm your host of the Pop Moms Podcast. I started the Pop Moms Podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.